Surprise spoiler cast out of nowhere. I'm just gonna just gonna hang out with the scrolling background on this one. Just gonna do a, like a little podcast, basically. I don't know. Just do this whenever I I feel like, I guess, because no one can stop me. But I've been uh, I just finished watching the series. I guess either series finale or series premiere or New New Year's. Well, it's a New Year's special. I'm never sure what to call these exactly. It's also ranked as a Christmas special, which makes it even more confusing. But anyway, uh, on December 31st, 2020, the Doctor Who episode Revolution of the Daleks aired. And I just watched it today on January 2nd. And I'm just kind of sitting here thinking about it and kind of talking to myself. So I might as well just record that for the audience and all that. Probably because I just need an outlet. Because one, it's 2020 and all that. And I'm just cooped up but also i don't know a single person in my normal life that gives a fuck about doctor who so i have no one to talk to about this stuff when i want to go on little rants so all i can do is the best i can do is a twitter thread or this i guess i don't know maybe i'll do future doctor who spoiler casts uh sometimes when i don't know it just depends on if i feel like talking about something i guess bonus podcast and all that i guess here we are hello this is very organized by the way as it always is. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it. <sighs> so Doctor Who is in some ways kind of one of my favorite shows. And I just, and I just want it to be good. And I just want to love it again. But sometimes it just can't get to where I want it to be in the past. And honestly, so far the, the Chris Chibnall run has been disappointing. Uh, and this has just kind of been the continuation of that, because that's been the three running the through the three showrunners so far were Russell T Davies and Stephen Moffat, and uh, now Chris Chibnall. And there's a lot to say about all those people. Like Russell T Davies had his own weird quirks and annoyances and whatnot with like the Bad Wolf stuff and the insistence on like just like setting something up over the course of the season, but by setting it up, it was mostly just annoyingly referencing the idea that something's going to happen later, and then having it show up and there's like some other stuff there but but like some good character drama and some good like i really got attached to the show during that run and it was and it was a good time and Stephen moffat who made some of the best episodes of the russell t davies show that segment of the show became the new showrunner and it's like okay that makes sense because he made like some of the really really cool stuff and like some of the best episodes we've ever seen so like he was like beloved amongst the fandom at that point i would think i don't know i don't know how the fuck the fandom thinks i'm not plugged into the discourse uh but then that uh, there's some real big storytelling flaws were getting revealed over time over the course of his run and he kind of outstayed his welcome while simultaneously ruining sherlock which he did much more dirty than doctor who but both of them were getting pretty rough in certain ways but like kind of finished strong like that final season with bill like, I, I, I had a good time, and I really wish that we got more of Bill, because that was only one quick season, and she was a great companion character. Uh, but now Chris Chibnall's here, and you had to, like, check notes of previous episodes to figure out which episodes Chris Chibnall worked on previously. And then you look at them, and you're like, oh. Oh. I didn't... I don't know if I liked any of these episodes. He's gonna run the show now? So that was a worrying start but 
I kind of I kind of dug the aesthetic. We get three companions this time, and we have our first female doctor, and Jodie Whittaker is a joy, and I like watching her act and all that, and, sh- and like, and oh my god, the cinematography. There are so many episodes that are just beautiful, like that one where they're at the fjords, and and there's just so many great camera angles, and like the visuals are great, and I'm just I'm loving that aspect of it in a lot of ways. And uh, I like the big group because I like larger. I like to have like a decent number of cast members to bounce between, and so I can I can dig the fact that there's this many people and they're all interacting, and it also kind of takes me back to like this Miss Frizzle sort of situation, like the Magic School Bus, where you have this like you have this this female leading power figure that's taking on a group of people that are out of their fish out of water situations, it's, but they're not they're not children, but in some ways they are. Uh, you know, compared to like the doctor when they're taken into time travel and space travel and all that stuff like that can feel like that. Uh, and individually, I like each of the three characters for different reasons and they have a good dynamic and good lines and uh, that there's like there's room to grow there. The problem I've had with the Chris Chibnall run is that there has not been enough of those characters uh, so they intru- they immediately introduce a large cast of three companions and a new doctor and i'm just waiting for big character moments that really teach us about who these people are and every now and then you get some of that but not nearly enough like i'm not nearly as attached to these characters as i feel like i should be after years like i like bill left such a bigger impact on only one season than these people have collectively in some cases and it's just kind of rough although the ending of this episode challenges that because it did get it did get reactions out of me uh and it might just because they these characters have been living in my head for like two or three years now and maybe that's just does the work on its own to some extent but uh there's been a there's been an overall issue where a lot of episodes are just so overstuffed with exposition and too many characters and uh, oftentimes we go to a place and then we meet like five to eight new characters that all live in that place while also bringing in our ensemble of four main characters that all come from episode to episode. And then just all of those characters, like there's so much setup of a whole, all those characters are who are then all going to start probably dying or, and whatnot. And then you have to set up the problem and the solution of the episode and it all has to happen over the course of only an hour and it's just it's the episodes have been so dense that i feel like you're just being delivered plot points one by one as fast as possible and you kind of just are getting dragged along for the ride and like oftentimes don't get to like feel the show correctly and as and and because the stuff doesn't have enough breathe to enough time to breathe not only are the episodes often very very rushed and the the story's unsatisfying in their execution, but like over the course of the show, the damage being done is that the ep- the characters just like don't have enough going on, and this has been an issue in a, in a number of situations throughout the show too. Like just weird moments, like, like didn't we have like didn't we have Clara for like an entire season or two, and then out of nowhere, Clara was a teacher. And they'd never mentioned it before, or that just wasn't an established part of her character, really. But then it was like every episode was practically about how she's a teacher now, but she was the whole time, maybe. And like, like there's, there's been some mishandled sort of character moments here and there. And I'm not going to sit here and like research every single little thought I have because it's a very long show. But it, 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 things have been mishandled in the in the past, but it can it can go really well. 
and these characters, I just, I want more from them. And, 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 and since we're closing the book on some of them, there's a spoiler cast, by the way, in case you missed the title somehow. So spoilers. Uh, this is, I mean, what, that, 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 that's what TV reviews are. TV reviews are just spoiler casts. Nobody is like, I'm going to read the reviews before I choose to watch this specific episode of a show. It's like, what? You either, you're either watching the show or you're not watching the show. Uh, but yeah. Uh, they were closing the book on some of these characters, and I'm like, oh, that's the end of their opportunities. Damn. To some extent, Graham has had some of the best dialogue of the entire show for the last two seasons. And I, I almost wonder if it's like, is it because that's the one, that's the person that like the directors and writers and whatnot are just most comfortable writing for? Because like, it's like they have some, they actually have some good chops here and there for like some good comedy and some good little observations and moments. But they seem to maybe give a lot of them to the most familiar character, which is the white guy. And I kind of wonder if that's the case because like he 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 is sometimes has the best writing out of the whole show. Maybe even every episode, actually, which is just I, I would I do wonder if that's how that works sometimes. It's like you kind of just funnel them to the most comfortable character when you're trying to do these kinds of things. Or maybe that was just the character that they had the best just knew had had best work with and so on. But anyway, the doc let's go let's actually talk about the plot of the episode, I guess, which is a lot. So the doctor was imprisoned, and so he the doctor gets broken out of prison by J- Captain Jack from the original season of the not original show, <laughs> the new show, a uh, season I almost said season nine, Doctor Nine, season one, back in the day. I liked Jack a lot back then, and so I kind of like the idea of him coming back seems neat, but. I kind of hated it <laughs> and I'm not I'm trying to figure out why and to some extent it's like his acting was distracting every second of the show and I don't know how to put it I'm not like an acting expert so I don't I don't know when something's going wrong I can just feel something's going wrong but I don't necessarily know what is going wrong but like he it felt weirdly like there was a children's show character in the middle of this show which I know it's like it is a family show but I mean like I mean, like, it was, like, an extra from, like, Blue's Clues or something wandered onto the set of this, like, uh, of a completely different show, you know, Doctor Who, and was, and was, like, still delivering lines like that. He said every line weird, and it sounded like every single line was supposed to be, like, a one-off, like, zinger that the audience all reacts to. Like, he was practically pausing to react. Like, it was like this, it was like a, a laugh track sitcom character was on the show, and he said everything kind of the same flat way. And each line, like, it was it was so weirdly hokey and cheesy, but, like, not in, like, a knowing way. It was, like, it, it just looked like he was acting wrong. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes where he's across from Jodie Whittaker. And she's, you're, you can read all these different emotions and all these different things going through her head uh, because she's good at this. <laughs> and across from her is Jack. And he's just like shouting his next line as if as if he's helping her practice the scene like she's there doing getting in character and he's like just there to do the line reads to bit so that she can continue continue doing the scene it was i don't know it was so strange and i don't know like i don't i didn't watch torchwood so i don't which is where he got the most screen time i think and so i don't know how he was on there and i haven't really revisited dr nine 
and 10 for a while. So like, I don't know if he always was like this or if he's like, like kind of changed in age and gotten out of practice or not. Or maybe because that was Russell T Davies, I don't think he was ever in a Stephen Moffat episode. I think he was only in the first four seasons, probably only the first two seasons with Rose even, uh, he might have it might have just been a hokier, sillier, cheesier show. Like there was a fart alien. Like I remember the Roxacoracophalopatorius, is that what it was? There's there was fart aliens. Like it was a very different tone. Uh in fact it was very noticeable like how much like the entire filming of the show changed between seasons four and five, where the moment it switched over to Stephen Moffat some behind the scenes stuff clearly clearly changed because the entire show looked different its color temperature went from warm to cold i think and like the it suddenly looked like a really high detail well-framed show as opposed to like a a cheaply filmed but fun silly cheesy sci-fi show and so like maybe it's maybe it's because all of doctor who changed as in its presentation and then they just brought back a, a character from the beginning of the show and had him behave the same way and maybe he just felt alien and dissonant and confusing but yeah i was i wanted jack to go away <laughs> which is not how i expected to feel throughout that but that's not the biggest issue with this episode we'll we'll get to that um meanwhile uh was it uh graham yaz and ryan are sad and concerned because it's been 10 months and they haven't seen the doctor and they don't know what's going on because as often goes to the case in order to kind of manufacture some drama but just i say manufacture but i don't really it doesn't really bother me i because the drama is good uh but uh the when, when uh jack breaks the doctor out they time travel badly which is a well-established part of the show it just happens all the time is the doctor arrives at the wrong year or month or whatever so he wanted she wanted to arrive like immediately ish so that they didn't have to worry about her but she arrived 10 months after uh, her disappearance so they had to deal with the idea of maybe she is dead for 10 months and there's a lot of emotional moving on and so on it makes the changes that are about to happen feel abrupt when with closing the door on some of these characters uh but that's because time travel feels abrupt when you experience it from the time traveler's perspective but like yeah these characters changed and processed stuff and in some ways grieved her and moved on over the course of those those 10 months so they're not necessarily going to be game for just popping back into sticking around forever but yaz was obsessed she did not move on and she was trying to figure out how to save the doctor and she didn't make any progress because she most likely couldn't unless they wanted to make her some sort of like super being companion which they've done a few times where someone is just way too competent and somehow could figure out this insane time travel stuff without any help uh some characters have done some insane things in the show but not this time and so uh yeah they're, 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 in a, they're in a rough place but in the background the worst part of this episode is happening which i took i don't know why i took this long to set this up but this is what pissed me off and probably lit the fire under my ass and got me to want to just sit here and talk about this. Pissed me off as a long, pissed, pissed, pissed me off as a strong way to put it. But I'm just like, oh, Doctor Who, please, we've been through this. Stop, stop, stop this. Please stop this. I, uh, the Daleks are back. Stop that. So the show... <laughs> The show starts off feeling very 2020. There's no plague. So there is not a uh, there's not a coronavirus analog in this episode. 
but they have so they have protester suppression as a plot point uh there's a the donald trump stand-in character from a few seasons ago or one season i think it was two seasons ago with the spider episode comes back and that in its own was like not this guy not not this guy because i don't like that episode because it's confusing on a moral level and a bunch of other things because it's the episode where like dot where <laughs> the doctor's like no don't kill the spiders that's evil instead let them slowly suffocate and and die in pain and it's like i mm, this is a confusing moral hair to split right now jody like i don't <laughs> i don't know if this is the hill to die on cuz like the show frames this the, the the capitalist man character as being a villain for shooting a spider with a gun but they're like a, it's a giant like 30 foot spider and it dies of the gun but then they lock all the other like the like he's bad for doing that but then their humane thing was to lock all the other spiders in a room because so they can't get to everybody but they're all dying because they're growing so large that they're going to suffocate because that's how spiders work more or less i I think that's more or less correct is like the idea that like they, they breathe through their skin essentially and like there's like a surface area to mass problem where if they get too big then there's too much mass for their surface area and they can't like breathe enough to like maintain their body and survive i don't know it reminds me vaguely of like the idea that like like uh dinosaurs weren't warm-blooded but they were cold-blooded but they were kind of de facto warm-blooded because they were so large that their body just kind of would contain too much heat that couldn't escape through their skin because the larger they got they had too much mass compared to the skin and so they would it would there was a the 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 inefficiency of the heat escape would lead to them being running warmer despite not having the sort of like warm-blooded like body setup or however that works i'm not an expert here and that's why a lot of dinosaurs had like giant fins because those were a way of running their blood through that big fin and where it's just like a narrow piece of skin and their blood goes through that and then that cools it off and that cools their whole body off like that's why you see that one low to the ground dinosaur that has like a giant vertical fin coming out of its back. Like, and that's why wings ultimately evolved. To, maybe if I'm getting this stuff right. And there's like an upper limit on how big dinosaurs can get because they would boil alive eventually. <laughs> and that's horrifying. Uh, so like the spiders are having that problem where they're hitting their upper mass limit. Uh, this is why Ant-Man can't work, I guess. <laughs> uh and so like they're they're dying they're gonna die horribly because their very existence dooms them to dying in a bad way uh but like the episode weirdly grandstands on this moral idea that shooting one is bad but locking them all in a room to suffocate to death is good and that's i prefer not to think about that episode so going back to that episode and bringing that character back to make me think about that episode and calling him the spider guy as a reminder just reminds me of another bad episode of Doctor Who that I try not to think about. Uh, I definitely, when I revisit the show, I definitely, like, have specific episodes that I love to go back to. And I, you definitely, like, filter out certain ones a bit. Because it's, it's, a, it's a grab bag. This whole show's a grab bag. And, like, that's kind of the part of the fun. Like, it's like, doc, like uh, Black Mirror, Doctor Who, Star Trek, uh, Next Generation and all that. Like, there's... um. Obviously, there can be through lines of storytelling, although not in Black Mirror usually. Uh, 
but like it often works as an anthology where a specific episode explores a specific idea so you could just go like once people are familiar with data in next generation you could just fire up the episode about uh, uh, it's called a measure of a man i think where you where they they interrogate like is data a person does he have right should he have rights how does this work is artificial intelligence like ought to be on the same legal uh level as human and all that like that's a great episode and you could just jump to that one instead of watching every single episode of every single season up to that point and so on like that's that's the power of these shows sometimes is that in the ideas are often the best part and yeah i like the character growth and i like the character stuff and that's what gets keeps me watching episode to episode and it helps me get through the bad episodes but the ideas are what's great so among other things stuff like the spider stuff i'm just like this is not a particularly interesting idea and so that, that's another reason for me to not particularly want to revisit that one. And I, the bummer is that I don't have a lot of standout episodes of the last few seasons. And that's kind of the bummer here is like there's not really a ton of like heaven sent hell bent episodes or uh, green waterfall. I think it was called. No, the girl who the girl who waited the red something green waterfall, something like that. Uh, Asylum of the Daleks or Dalek or a lot of a lot of episodes blink like there's there's a lot of episodes you can just visit individually and they often have really cool ideas and there's a lot of range of what you can do with doctor who like sometimes it's a horror show sometimes it's pure sci-fi and like either way like if a a really good horror concept will make me revisit an episode and a really good sci-fi concept will have me revisit an episode or if it's just an amazing thing about a particular character or so on like there's really neat stuff and what I hate about this episode is this they set up an interesting idea and they go nowhere with it. So it's very 2020 in that they're doing riot suppression slash protest suppression via police robots. And so it's like, oh, my God, this is going to this might get heavy <laughs> for a 2020 New Year's special. I guess 2021 New Year's special. How do you count these? Uh, end of 2020 New Year's special, at least. Uh kind of heavy to uh <laughs> have a a pro an anti- the government is going to suppress protests via high-tech police drones that the protesters can't reasonably resist and like that's oh, that's that's how dystopias start <laughs> that's how a lot of the worst settings we've seen in things get started is when the government just gets better and better at suppressing its people and so on it's like okay where's this episode that's getting this is going to be interesting like maybe this episode has a finger on the pulse a little bit on 2020 a little bit although Jodie Whittaker does quote Harry Potter in order to cope with being in jail but yeah like but it's like okay the Daleks are the police and and the doctor is a criminal like okay this is an interesting thing to start off and then Jodie Whittaker yeah she quotes the first line of the first chapter of of Harry Potter because she was about to like read herself a, a bedtime story and then i'm like okay maybe they don't have the finger on the pulse of 2020 because they're they're uh they're going to uh jk rowling as a comforting place right now uh maybe may, there might be a bit of distance here although given the insular nature of british television and how it's a bunch of family members and a lot of nepotism and all that maybe they're not particularly understanding of how people aren't psyched right now about fellow british writer jk rowling <laughs> maybe i they're probably they probably feel closer to her than the people that 
aren't very happy about that right now. But that's, this is not the the topic to go on about. But it was definitely a thing that stood out to me. I'm like, oh, okay, that is a choice to quote Harry Potter this year. Um, the problem here is they go nowhere with this. They go nowhere with this. And I'm mad at them. So, Doctor Who, any sci-fi really, like it's science fiction because it's about science fiction. It's kind of a self-recursive definition, but it's about expressing this particular guy, this 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 particular idea, and like coming up with new things to explore. And those things you're exploring are often themselves holding up a mirror to society and how we treat each other or what we value or where technology could take us in the future. Or in many cases, you're using a a vision of the future or an alien setting to just explore what life is right now, but in a way that abstracts it and lets people look at it in a more objective way in many cases. Like, you go back to like, what was it? Uh, I have it somewhere around here. I have uh, Micro Megas by Voltaire. And it's like, in some ways, might be the first ever sci-fi written ever. Like, it's it's really old at this point. I don't know, sci- that's, that's a really loose definition to go by, so let's not stick to that that hard. But it's, it's definitely uh, much older than basically any other sci-fi people engage with reasonably. And it deals with these kinds of concepts. And even in his, even in his thing, it's just very succinctly put that by expressing stories in this abstract fantasy setting you can you can interrogate the ideas of modern society in a way that abstracts it a bit so people can look at it more objectively and more directly without having to deal with like this without like bringing in their existing baggage that's like that's kind of with the goal of a lot of sci-fi in many cases there's even an aspect of this with like uh, anthropomorphized characters like you look at Zootopia being a bunch of animal people it's like oh this is a way that we can try to to discuss bigotry and prejudices in a movie but without it being about specific racial groups of the existing world even though it is about them but not having it them be the characters because if you sort of give a few layers of removal then people can deal with the idea in the abstract a little bit without dealing with it the existing baggage because people have like a gut reaction to specific groups or specific things because they engage with it on a daily basis and they they have like defenses against those things like people have been arguing about stuff forever and are always arguing about stuff and then whenever something's vaguely political or vaguely important to normal daily life uh people have so many people are so many layers deep in the existing argument that uh they have built-in reactions to certain things the moment you show them certain familiar things and so to get past those familiarities if you can just like blur stuff a little bit you can suddenly maybe reach people with particular ideas and that's what that's the thing is like people are always like i hate when people are like stop having them stop trying to have an agenda or a message or whatever it's like what the fuck do you think sci-fi is uh like it always has the mess. The message is the point. <laughs> like expressing an idea is the point. It's like like cyberpunk. Like cyberpunk has a built-in message to its setting, and there's a goal in all of that. And just being like, "Woo, cool lasers!" is like not getting cyberpunk. And criticizing cyberpunk for having a political message is like criticizing a political rally for having political messages at some point. Like 
at some point and also like as just as a concept like stories exist to express ideas and explore them and in many cases are morality tales and a word of warning and caution or so on like that's why we tell stories in many cases it's not all stories pretty much always have baggage and almost all art is political and so on and so this this it's a big this is a big hole to go down but uh getting the message muddled or just not really having much of a message is exactly why specific parts of sci-fi can be can fall so flat and be so disappointing and this episode was that because so they keep showing flashbacks or a sequence of series a sequence of uh of scenes with like the the capitalist man and the future prime minister of England or the UK or whatever. Sorry. <laughs> and like, she's rising through the, the political uh, layers and getting support, and he's doing machinations in the background. And it's like, Oh, and it all culminates in like the idea that they're going to have like these police drones. And it's like, Oh, that's, it's going to get a little dark, but I'm, 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 I want to see where this goes. Cause this is, you know, a, this is definitely an idea and like this is good setup for something that's going to go somewhere. Right. And then they just. They just they just they just they just don't. They they just they just don't do anything with it because then it becomes all about like the doctor gets back and reunites with Yaz and Ryan and, and Graham and Jack is there and. And then it just becomes about them finding out, oh, my God, Daleks are on this planet. We better deal with the Daleks. And then it just becomes about dealing with the Daleks in a largely unapplicable storyline. Like, it doesn't really it doesn't really mean anything or go anywhere. It's just the Dalek episode we've seen over and over again, but again. And so I guess that's what kind of got me to want to just sit here and talk about this is just like the frustration of like not getting the episode i was promised by the beginning of the episode like the beginning of the episode sets up a concept and it's like oh wow i wonder how this is going to be implemented into society what the wider ramifications might be for for culture and the world and like how like what 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 does a how's the government going to behave if it if literally like protests aren't a thing anymore and like and things become increasingly controlled and no one can nobody has the power to resist anymore like obviously it is somewhat well-treaded ground and that it is just things that have been explored a lot as an idea but not exploring it at all is certainly a choice (laughs) the uh (laughs) kind of talking in circles a little bit here but uh as far as i can remember basically the the prime minister, the newly elected prime minister, just kind of goes on about how like this is the era of security, and I don't think anyone really has an issue with it, and there's no protest against the idea of like what this means for their freedoms and what's going to happen to them, and this is also like a weird alternate world where the vir- the virus doesn't seem to exist, and it's just it's just apparent apparently those those robots are just going to be implemented into society. And then in the background, they're finding like, oh, to see, they're just empty drones. That's fine. Uh, it's not these aren't Daleks, whatever those are, because I don't know what Daleks are. Uh, these are just police drones that somebody re- reverse engineered from a Dalek shell. But I don't personally know that because I'm the guy overseeing this. 
But then, like, in the background, somebody is secretly cloning Daleks because they found, like, some spare DNA lying around. And now the Daleks are actually back. And like, oh, shit, now the Daleks are here. And they're going to shoot everybody and skeletonize them. And this is the least interesting kind of episode ever to me. I hate Dalek episodes where it's just like the Daleks are here and they're going to, like, skeleton a bunch of people. Because, like, I know what's going to happen. The Doctor is going to, like, magically win basically like that's what amount that's what that's what usually amounts to with the dalek episodes is like the doctor just wins each time and like there's a certain aspect of the whole show kind of being like that the, like the doctor just kind of creating a magic solution to problems it's it's why those and usually that's why those particular episodes fall really flat in many cases where like some of my favorite episodes are stuff like midnight where in many cases where you get you get to see the doctor be kind of powerless to actually stop the problem and sometimes, and like these, the solution comes from within the mechanics of the episode. So like, you have a setting, and here's the rules, and here's the things that are happening right now. And then the solution to the problem, be it a magic, everybody lives perfect solution, or a grim, like, I, well, I guess we got out of that, but that's fucked up solution, comes from within whatever was introduced and so it feels like a coherent story and it feels emotionally satisfying even if it was a bad thing that happened because like in, Mid in midnight's case it was the person sacrificing themselves and and it, and it wasn't even the doctor who really made the choice and it was like this big and and you have that grim line of like did anyone even know her name <laughs> it's like a distressing outcome like that's one of my favorite episodes ever whereas episodes where the doctor just like i don't know i do a time vortex and magic trap thing thing and problem gone is is just uh, just infuriating to me and what i don't like about the dalek as a concept is that almost every episode i can remember and it's hard to remember them because dalek episodes are very unmemorable it's like the doctor just kind of does a magic vortex that fixes the problem at some point and you're like oh okay what was the point of this episode it's like okay maybe the daleks were removed via a uh, Deus Ex Wesley saves the ship situation but at least the, we had a good concept that was explored during the episode right no fuck why why did we watch this <laughs> I, I'm so sick of Dalek coming back every season or so and just wasting an episode uh, there's some good ones Asylum of the Dalek with Souffle Girl and all that was like that was interesting at least and so I enjoyed that episode and the original Dalek episode of the new show was a horror episode of this slowly approaching unstoppable force and you're like are the doctor and rose going to be able to get through this and like that was that was it was like good horror storytelling on that level and so the, the first one gets a pass from me and it was way more interesting because it has character storytelling and like you learn about stuff about the doctor and it's weirdly grim and serious and distressing because you see this rage in the doctor that you're not ready to see and stuff like that was it served a purpose there <laughs> But in this one, it's like, okay, the, oh, damn, the evil corpo bot, uh, police Daleks that were maybe just drones. Turns out there's real Daleks. Just shit. They're just real Daleks. Man, dang, geez. And so the doctor's like, well, we're fucked. Uh, I know what I'll do. I'll pull out one of my, oh, this is real serious. I better do this this time Sol solution. So she... She calls more Daleks to the planet. 
And those those are like the genetic police Daleks that hate impure Daleks and kill them. So those ones kill the impure Daleks. And it's like, I, I don't like this storytelling. So one, one of the appealing things about the doctor is that she is kind of a pacifist. She doesn't carry a gun and she doesn't carry a weapon. Uh, she usually runs from problems, but then finds solutions and ways to deal with them. But like her, her, when it comes to like fighting and conflict, her solution is run for your life, as a famous as the lines often go. Uh, like what was like the fucking like first line of the entire show? Basically, I think was like, "Hello, Rose Tyler. I'm the Doctor. Run for your life." I think was the actual opening line of the show. Basically, like the Doctor frees flits, uh, saves Rose from like a mannequin monster or something and then their their next step is to run and uh like one of the nice things about the doctor is like he like like david Tennant, like he wears he wears like a suit like a pinstripe suit i think and like he's it's like kind of like kind of nice clothes in most of the iterations but he wore sneakers because <laughs> dude's got to run like you, that, that's built into the character is like there are constantly hostile conflicts and the best way to buy time to think of a solution is to physically run away from it because you can't fight it because fighting it is violent and killing and all that and part of the appeal for the character is that they try to find better solutions than just killing the enemy Partly because just killing things is just kind of less interesting storytelling, and partly because it's, you know, it's a family show, but also it's just like, I like any kind of fiction that kind of questions how much killing we do in all of our media. Like, obviously, there's still a place in video games for, like, just shoot all the guys and be a good shooty boy and be good at shooting. Like, being good at shooting is fun. I'm not throwing that out the, out the window. But constraining all of video games, for example, to just be about like violence and being treating violence and killing as the only verb we can do is a bummer. And it's like, no, there's like adventure games and there's like other ideas we can explore. And there's like narratives that can be told in a way that don't just involve killing people every single chapter all the time. Like stuff like Disco Elysium and things and Outer Worlds. And I mean, Outer Wilds can be really interesting. And so I just like exploring a wider breadth of what you can do. And so I like the idea of like having an action sci-fi setting, but not necessarily having it constantly be about killing, even though it does have Doctor does have a body count. The Doctor the Doctor Who, both the character and the show, have a hell of a body count. But the uh having a character that tries really hard not to go straight to violence and not having that be their default instinct is good shit. Which is why this is why the Daleks suck, because the Daleks are just a murder army. And so in many cases, they just have to get killed in order for, for the Doctor to win. And so in many cases, the Doctor either becomes a murderer or condones murder or killing or whatever the word you want to use for it. So they have to either uh, kill things themselves or condone somebody else killing things or create some kind of like elaborate trap that functionally basically kills things, but in a kind of like... I don't necessarily directly pull the trigger sort of way. Uh, and it's just like, it, it it strains the morality and the characterization of the protagonist in a way that kind of breaks it. And so I'd, I'd like to not think about these episodes in part because they don't feel coherent with the rest of the show in many cases. And uh, I, I don't know, I guess we're just kind of going back to the Daleks forever because they're just iconic. 
and no other reason. And that's frustrating for its own reasons. But yeah, the do- the doctor calls even more racist Daleks in, basically, because the Daleks are horrible racist murder bots, and they brought they bring in the genetic purity police bot Daleks from the time stream, and and they're like, we must kill these Daleks because these Daleks are not pure Daleks, so they must be genocided. And it's like, oh, your uh, your solution this episode, Jody. Is to is to is to genocide them based on their genetic makeup. That's your, your that's the doctor's solution to the problem. I don't I don't love this one, Jody. I don't love this one very much, Doctor Thirteen. Uh, can we not do that? <laughs> uh, and then I, it's like, and then her solution to the second wave of Daleks when that goes bad and they don't just leave because the original idea was that they were going to be like, ah, we got the genetically impure Daleks. We don't care about humans, so we're not going to attack humanity. But and they were just, they were supposed to just leave, but that goes wrong. They Then they start hunting the doctor. So the doctor like traps them in the spare TARDIS, which is then going to go into like the abyss of the galaxy or whatever, or the void and then collapse upon itself. Which sounds a lot like killing the Daleks with extra steps. Like it's just, it's like it's like shooting them with a gun, but with like a few extra steps. And it's like, mm, don't like how this characterizes you, Jody, uh, the Doctor, and all that. Uh, I just, it's just, just that, that stuff disappoints me a lot. I kind of wish they would stop bringing back the Doctor. Like there's kind of this like whole idea that they established that John Hurt, uh, rest in peace. Uh, was the se- the secret war doctor that happened between doctors eight and nine, and it had to do a bunch of horrible things in order to uh, survive the war with the Daleks, and like that's why none of the other doctors re- want to remember or acknowledge him that that's an error of their life because it's like a great shame upon the doctors, and there's kind of a redemption arc in the fiftieth anniversary special built around that thing a little bit or or at least like some level of like coming to terms with the war doctor and who that was in fact that's also when he was introduced uh and like if you're gonna do that struggle about the morality of what they had to do to deal with the doc with the deal with the daleks it kind of it kind of kills that to keep reintroducing the Daleks and making the doctor do horrible things to defeat them again over and over again like I just like can we stop this but also it's just like I, I'm i also here to watch, like I said before, like the anthology level thing of like, let's keep introducing new ideas. And I want to see cool new surprises and weird ideas get explored. So whenever a Dalek shows up, it's like in case unless they have a really specific story that they want to explore and only the Daleks can help them do it. Uh, we're usually just wasting that episode when it could be a cooler idea than that. And that's definitely part of the problem. And that's the uh, that's the thing. God, I, I did like a tweet thread that I. I did today. Maybe I should. I wonder if I should read that. Because uh, that's that being not enough was essentially why I uh, just came here and decided to start ranting about it. But no, that's basically just what I said a second ago. Though it's just it's just the idea that like you. This the, first and foremost, this show should be about telling stories and exploring ideas, and as you go forward in time. You build this like uh, 
this collection of villains that you can draw upon whenever you need to. But the the the, the, the key word here should be when you need to. Like you can go back to the Cybermen or the was it the Jodun or the Ood or the Weeping Angels or the Daleks and so on and any of the other ones that we've established over the years. You can go back to those when you need to. First and foremost, there should be a story that you want to tell that is something new and special and worth adding to the, to the Doctor Who canon. And that's going to be like a worthwhile episode of television that isn't wasting everybody's time. And that's going to be a great time. And then you're like, you know what really fit with this? It's like, yeah, the villain should probably be the Cybermen because of this particular theme about the episode. And that, yeah, the, and like, yeah, because like, like people like to see a familiar thing come back sometimes. But like only if you're exploring a particular idea and you think you realize that bringing back the familiar thing is going to actually add to that and you're not just gonna like waste time because some of my favorite episodes like the girl who waited are a villain that we've never seen before and have never seen since and i'm fine with that i don't want i don't really want the monsters for my favorite episodes to just come back one day like the weeping angels continually coming back is mostly just kind of annoying because they had a really cool introduction and not only do they keep coming back in confusing ways over time but their rules seem to keep changing and kind of getting annoying like i think at one point they made the weeping angels just murder people and it's like wait but i thought they sent people back in time to do the wait what now they've murdered somebody and they're talking through their body like that's not on the weeping angel like move list that's like a dalek like tentacle possession move what's going on here uh no i just want weird shit to come up like stop who turned out the lights like just weird skeleton space suits that are automating around and are replaying the final thoughts of their dying hosts like oh my god some of these ideas that we've had on doctor who and have never come back are so good and i hope they never come back like silence at the library uh so yeah that this i guess that's the premise of this episode is just expressing my disappointment is i just wanted to rant about this a little bit is that like they they fucking did police suppression bots as an episode of doctor who and then just didn't finish the thought this episode is like a shave and a haircut without the two bits it's just that da, 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 da. and then they just start playing like i don't know like a green day song <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of the two bits at the end like they just they just fucking forgot they set up a sci-fi premise to explore and then the daleks just attack and they skeletonize a bunch of people with their skeleton lasers and the audience claps because they're like i know that that's the thing i know and and then we just repeat this every year do we do we want this like do you guys you, uh, doctor who people in the audience that presumably exist here and are watching this uh, I, I don't know who the i don't know who chooses to click on these things like do, do, are you happy when the Daleks come back? Are you like, yay, the Daleks, my favorite. I love Dalek storylines where they go exterminate and shoot something and then they skeleton laser. And then Doctor Who like puts them into like a space blender. And then we all don't try to think about the morality of what that means for a minute. And then the ro credits roll because uh, that's I'm sick of it. I'm super sick of it. I uh, It's not it's almost never like a story. It's pretty much just the same episode repeating, and we've done it, like, I think almost once a season now. And it's like, dude, 
dude. <laughs> the Cybermen are like that, but almost more boring. But they're like slightly less popular. So there's like a higher chance that they're going to be used in a in a premise where they serve the premise instead of just existing for their own sake. By the way, just as a side note, because that's this is an episode of side notes anyway. Uh, I am mad that Missy is gone. For multiple reasons. One, there was like a story arc that was happening with Missy and a particular direction that Missy was taking. And I feel like you just kind of like sequence broke that when they suddenly brought back a different master. But also like, I just don't like the new guy. I just don't like the new guy very much. Uh, I don't think the new master is interesting or entertaining particularly. And Missy was just a joy. Like Missy was a fantastic <laughs> very fun uh performance of the master and i liked that a lot and i don't like the master generally speaking uh because like when he when he came back at the end of david Tennant's run that was like one of some of the worst episodes of the entire show really and so you, when the master comes back it's often just not very good uh and you could definitely go somewhere with this because it's like oh it's like the joker it's like ah here's the care here's the character that kills and you're but we are all rooting for this character that doesn't kill uh and like that more the morality of like the master kind of like poking at the doctor's morality and challenging them and trying to break them in a killing joke sort of way can be interesting and sometimes missy did that but oftentimes these master storylines just aren't very interesting but at the very least we could have kept just an excellent actress that was to have i was just having fun with even if i was very annoyed that like stephen moffat was so one note a few seasons ago that like he was simultaneously airing two separate shows where like the mastermind sort of family member evil villain lady has was locked in a special prison with a musical instrument because that was like the final episode of Sherlock was like the the secrets the secret evil sister in her weird brain prison playing violin and like and like the Missy was locked in a weird dungeon with a piano and I'm like I Maybe you shouldn't write many shows at once, because I feel like you're getting spread a little thin, buddy. Uh, but anyway, that was the main idea, is just the, the overwhelming disappointment of the episode as an idea. But it's also the closure of... It's the ending of two characters, uh, Graham and Ryan. And this was probably the best part of the episode. It, it seemed hokey and like cheesy and manipulative a little bit, and I and I was like I was like oh we're really doing this, but then I actually started crying, <laughs> so I guess it, I guess it had, despite having my initial reaction of being like I don't know about this, it actually kind of went in a solid direction. Part of it was that I was when was that a Ryan was just like ah no I don't know I think my planet needs me, and I'm like what are you talking about, and I'm like this seems like a weird abrupt way to get off the show but there was the whole 10 month thing we didn't see and so like i said before like it's a uh, abrupt to experience time travel from the time traveler's perspective instead of the the people that are having to wait the long way around but it's like yeah these people had time to think and get closure and process what time that what these these vacations essentially are doing to, the, to them and so like wanting to get out and see and experience life the normal way and also like uh be there for their planet as he was putting it like that or at least the people in their lives like that makes the kind of sense and also it's good to see people leave the show amicably because uh 
they don't have a good track record. Like, companions go bad. Like, Rose is trapped in a parallel timeline. Um, Donna got all of her memories erased. Uh, Martha had to save the world because her entire... The doctor and her, and her family and the entire world was all imprisoned and things went real bad. So she technically didn't get totally taken out in her final episode. But her final episode was a real, real bad time. Uh... <laughs> At the very least, uh, Clara died, but got paused in a time pause of her death where she's going on adventures with with um, nobody was her name. Was her name? Nobody. It was like a she had like a quirky name. Uh, the girl that became immortal. They, they go on. They're going on adventures in their in their like diner. TARDIS but she's also technically dead basically which is not great um Rory and Amy ultimately got taken out by uh I believe they got taken out by a weeping angel right and so like they they ultimately got caught by by that in that way and I think they still get to like live a whole happy life together somewhere or maybe something like that but like it's like that but it's still like they didn't consent to that outcome uh, and then Bill gets turned into a Cyberman and then kind of dies, but then goes into like the the water girls lesbian time travel p- dimension. It made sense in context. <laughs> when, when I'm saying those like the Doctor Who companions, especially in the new run, I don't know the old ones very well. They tend to like kind of die, but not quite. I don't think any of them have literally just straight up died so far, but they're definitely like death adjacented. They definitely don't almost they definitely almost never get to just like go back to like their apartment and pick up their life again. There was a good line mentioned about how like when Doctor Who companions, they come back changed if they come back at all. And a lot of them don't come back at all in a certain way. Uh but yeah, they always come back changed. And so ideally <laughs> The best outcome as a companion is probably just to have come back changed in that you had like a character arc, not uh, you got brain death of some sort or whatever the fuck or turned into a non-human entity and have to just kind of find joy in your new existence or whatever the hell it is now. Uh, Because that stuff can be rough. (laughs) Like you didn't opt into that necessarily. Uh, Although I I do think that like there's, there's a certain amount of suffering built into the show at times where just so many bad things happen that like you would uh as a companion after like a dozen of these adventures you might be like maybe i should get off this boat because i get to see some really cool stuff but also like some really horrifying stuff keeps happening and i, I don't know how most people and re- if they were real people how well people would take to that necessarily if they would just like be like this is traumatic at some point <laughs> i think that was a uh, I had a bit of a, a dissonance happen, I think, with Martha. Yeah, with Martha. Where uh, they kept... Uh, with Rose Tyler, they kept implying that off-camera, cool, fun adventures were happening constantly. Applegrass and blah, blah, blah. And, like, they, uh, and like I think with Amy Pond and a lot of other adventures, like, they, they keep implying that like uh, maybe a dozen adventures have happened between episodes. And there's a lot of great, cool stuff happening. And that's that justifies why they're so into this 
to help offset the how things are always going bad during the episodes we see because that's where there's a conflict and a story to tell as opposed to just like a fun adventure where they just chill. Although in stuff like Midnight, like Donna gets to just hang out in a spa and have a great time while the doctor is having a Doctor Who episode and she's off camera. So like that stuff like that. But I think Martha season, they weirdly kept having every episode bleed directly into the next episode where there was no chance for a for like time to pass in between logically. And so I was like, wow, you um, you're just getting put through a lot, especially since if you if there's an African if if, if you have a black character in these shows they almost always no they actually I think they just do always if there's a black companion because there's been three now they always get taken back to a time in the past where it was much worse to be black uh and then they have to they have to deal with that and they always explore that idea which makes sense because it's a children's show about time travel and like that was the original premise was teaching about history like that's why the show existed originally but uh it's also like but when you think about those characters you're like i i uh Depending on, depending on how that goes, you're like, I don't know if I would want to keep going on these adventures after something like that happens. Like, I think the most recent version with Rosa Parks, Ryan didn't have the worst time, necessarily. And maybe even a couple cathartic, like, yeah, fuck you, history moments. But I don't remember the episode super well right now. But, like, Martha... I think it's trapped in a two-episode story arc where the Doctor loses his memory. Not Martha, Don. No, yeah, Martha. Uh, Martha gets stuck in the past in like a two-episode story arc where the Doctor loses his memory and she just has to maintain faith that there's a way out of this and she'll be able to get home one day. So she has to reckon. She has to deal with the idea of like maybe, I think it was like weeks or months or years of like living in this society where she is mistreated and it's like that at some point i was like how are you why are you still going on these adventures why aren't you opting out the way that so many of these people do but i guess even when she's even when she quit after the first season she then uh did torchwood i guess which i haven't watched but i guess she just wanted to keep going down this path even though it goes so badly for her although i think torchwood isn't about time travel it's about doctor who style villains coming to earth when the doctor's not there and so on i haven't watched torchwood i'm sorry I heard there's like a, a woman Cyberman that like people hated because it was like the Borg Queen from Next Generation, where it's just like, why are you why are you ruining Cybermen the same way that that the Borg were ruined by having a weird like alien queen that like messes it all up or something? I don't know. And now I'm just talking about things I haven't watched, so that's just a bad idea. Uh, so it was nice seeing Graham and Ryan leave the show without getting turned into space dust or whatever the fuck or getting murdered uh it felt a little abrupt at the moment but it makes sense overall and it's like i had like a weird reaction of like oh is this what happening and and, and it, it might have been because the episode was so iffy up to that point that i was like kind of predisposed to be like and now they're gonna fuck this up but they kind of like as the scene kept going it kind of kept growing on me until it was like had like an emotional crescendo and it was like effective despite the episode essentially uh and it and really graham sold it because like ryan gave a gave a speech about why he was leaving and it's like oh, okay i guess that's justification that makes sense but even in the background i'm like are they cynically just removing ryan to replace him with a different character are we gonna get a new companion that just replaces ryan and that's why ryan's going and like that's a little iffy, especially since Ryan was the first one of these companions we met. So he's kind of like the main character of these three. 
So removing him feels weird a little bit. And like, what is Graham just going to keep? Like, I thought Graham was just going to keep going on adventures with them without Ryan, and, like, and it was, despite the obvious tone problems that would introduce. But then Graham also is, uh, you have like his little struggle and he re- and his realization that he's not going to go on these adventures anymore because he doesn't want to miss out on his family and he doesn't want to come back changed or miss this or so on. And so he's going to go off and invent- he's going to go with Ryan back to the world because that's what he values more than anything. And it rings emotionally true and it's like, it's like well done. And Graham... Graham's actor usually does a good job with these little nuanced performances, and he's like, I, I, I want to see him more as part of the struggle because I'm like, no, don't leave, because uh, I actually like that guy a lot. And uh, they go right back to like the full circle moment of of like of Ryan trying to ride the bike because he because he has the um, the coordination development disorder of some sort. There was like a a term for it that I've forgotten a bit over time. And it was good to have a nod back to that because that was a detail that like they kept hitting early on and then they kind of like didn't bring it up very much necessarily. So I, and like, yes, people are more than their disabilities. And so it's kind of nice to just not constantly bring it up. But at the same time, I kind of suspected that the, the writers just forgot about it. <laughs> but it is kind of like a slightly nuanced uh, sort of situation where it wouldn't come up constantly necessarily. So it's just kind of like a nod of representation here and there. Just have some fun with it and just bring in different people and, and let people, different people see, feel seen, but not have it be a massively distracting thing. It's just every now and then you're like, hang on a minute. There's a ladder. This is going to be a problem and have some and just kind of have that as a character trait. Uh, it's obviously not like a visible thing that you would constantly be reminded of. And so it's specifically... Uh, Something that only comes up when he has to do really specific actions, essentially. And I don't know how true to life that was or how people feel about its representation. That, like, I don't know if there's people in the audience that know more about this stuff that, and they might have a perspective about what it was like to see a character in that way. And where, like, if they thought that the character was, like, well represented or if they just forgot about it or something. Uh, but it's always kind of neat to show that kind of stuff. Like, it's, if nothing else, it's like an awareness moment where I'm like, oh. I think I just learned something because I don't even think I even really knew that this was a re- like maybe like intellectually on some level I had this idea that this was a possibility or in the range of things that people have. But I didn't really have a specific understanding of this necessarily until the show. And I'm like, oh, this is, huh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to learn about there. And, uh. I had fun watching their their little little outcome of like okay so see they came out changed because like they like they they came they came out changed in two ways one they're closer together because as far as I can remember I think they weren't very close they just both really cared about uh, the two of them just both really cared about Ryan's mom and they they had to share in the grief of her death in the first episode and and then over the course of the adventures they they grew closer together. And watching that happen was kind of nice to the point where it's almost easy to forget they weren't necessarily close at the beginning of this. And so, like realizing that that's the difference is realizing that they've come that far and that they're there together on the with the bike and everything is like kind of like a a development, like a victory, where you're like that, like you feel like something really good happened in the show, and that's and that's like a nice outcome. But also, that, so they came, they came out changed in that they're a better family now, which is one of the best outcomes that companions have ever had in the show. Uh, but also they come out changed in that the, um, 
they 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 can't they can't ignore the problems in the world now. They've 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 they've, they've become proactive people that look at larger problems than just themselves and work to try to solve those problems. And there's an analog to be made here. In this case, it's that they're like they're like space police, like they they're or like supernatural police. Like they they hear about a thing in the news and the rumors and the tabloids. Like what's that? What's up with that? And then they go slink off to like use their their psychic paper to go into maybe government facilities and try and figure out how to solve the problem. Like they're 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 very still trapped in sci-fi land, and they're going to do sci-fi style solutions to sci-fi style problems. But there's the analog here of like people in real life, like going through experiences that change them and make them more aware of the wider problems of society and more directly engaged with wanting to to grapple with those problems and push with those be, be it like humanitarian aid or global warming and larger struggles like that and so that's kind of what happens is like they 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 not, they not only grew as a family but they grew as people individually and what they and how they view the world and like that was really cool that was actually a really cool final note for not only the characters, but like the season and the show and all that. Cause it's, that's definitely the goal. Like they did an episode about ocean plastics <laughs> and they did an episode and, and about how like the, and also like the fact that like we have like impurities in our body that are in every human on the planet, basically that we all have because of the kinds of things that are being dumped into the into the ocean and the environment like i think it was like teflon and stuff like that and like things like that like there's the the, the stuff that it was like uh stephanie was like see i was telling you about this because she was just watching a documentary about the stuff and then i showed her an episode of doctor who that was like about the exact same idea but like our our planet and our bodies are like being affected by forces that i mean in some cases people aren't even fully aware of and they did a whole episode just about that idea, and so like the idea, so like coming out changed, and then caring about the wider ramifications was clearly like a goal here. And while that episode was really kind of awkward and not amazing, and I'll probably not be revisiting it necessarily, watching these characters grow in this specific way actually makes a lot of sense. And it actually, I guess, it's kind of like the thesis of like what they want from their audience if they want if they want anything, because obviously this is. The show is just a melange of different writers and creators, and it's it can be incoherent at times. But if there's if there's any kind of like consistent message of what Doctor Who even wants, it might exactly be what Ryan and Graham kind of represent at the end of the show. So I think that's kind of neat. That that stuff's interesting. And it's, I don't know. I guess I should just stop here. I think I've explored the thoughts that I wanted to explore and rambled and did it took twice as long as I should have. But that's just my brand, yo. That's what this is. <laughs> uh, I'll see you guys next time when I feel like going on about something, I guess. I don't know. I just I was literally talking to myself a bit. I was like, I should just fucking record something. No one complains about more podcasts. Maybe it's a weird thing to do because they can just not watch them or listen to them or whatever. See ya.